Our theme this morning, spiritual power over strongholds and wickedness. Spiritual power over strongholds and wickedness. From 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we want to look at verses 4 and 5, and then we're going to flip over to Ephesians and take a look at a couple of verses over there. Verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God or Yah, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of the Mishiach, and having in a readiness a reverence or revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. That's 2 Corinthians, I read actually 4 to uh, chapter 10, 4 to verses 6. And, and over in Ephesians, and we've heard this chapter and these verses many times, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the bashur, or the gospel of peace. Above all, take in the shield of faith, or the shield of belief, wherewith ye may be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, Yahuwah, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, Uach, and watching thereunto with perseverance and supplication for the Kadoshim or for all the saints. Let us pray. Father, we bless you this morning. We praise and glorify your holy name. We ask now that you just come in among us through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Teach us and deliver your word and your wisdom and your power into our hearts and our minds. Transform us for the glory and the praise and the righteousness of you, our Father. Let us be witnesses of these words and this message for those that are lost without the Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach. We bless you this morning. We praise you. Come in among us and teach us. Lead us and guide us according to your will and your purpose as I serve his prayer. We ask to decree it and declare by faith in Yeshua's mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So the, the word of God tells us and shares with us in this particular chapter the importance of understanding that in life we're going to experience and have problems related to spiritual wickedness, related to the strongholds of life and the things that happen in our lives because of the mental strongholds that the enemy may place upon us. See, we, we pray that prayer, Father, pull down the strongholds, but do we really understand what we are praying and asking God to do for us? The, the, the Bible tells us and shares with us that we must use the word of God, prayer, fasting, and also allow his power and his presence to manifest in us through the Holy Spirit, that we may be able to discern, disarm, defeat, and destroy the enemy. 
This comes to the strongholds of the mind. They are good strongholds and they're bad strongholds. But, but there is a rule of engagement that helps us to overcome the strongholds of the mind because the devil is always looking around and trying to plant, plant ideas and imaginations in our mind against the things of the Spirit of God. So anything that does not relate to the Word of God or bring the Word of God to the forefront in your mind can and most of the time will be a spiritual stronghold. Strongholds reside in the heavens. They're, they set high and they watch and look low. They are planted. See, a stronghold is a place. It's not a person or an individual. It's a place that is allowed to set in your mind and you begin to harbor it and hold it. And what happens is it begins to take control of you physically, mentally, emotionally. And if you're not careful, it will take over you spiritually as well. There is a war going on and, and there must be spiritual warfare to combat the strongholds of the mind. Look at what he says in verse number four. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Carnal means physical. But he said they are mighty through God to the pulling down of the strongholds. So he gives us weapons to fight with. But we must know what those weapons are. And we read those weapons over in the sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians, beginning with verse number 10. But, but, but we must engage spiritual war with prayer, fasting, the word of God, and the power of the Holy Spirit that he allows to manifest and work through us on a continuous basis. The Bible tells us and shares with us that the word of God is our defense against the strongholds of Satan. Because the battles become captivated, captivated in our minds. But if we are obedient unto the word of God, the scripture also tells us that we can overcome every stronghold of the mind. Sometimes strongholds can be ancient. They can be from generations and generations of past. And that's called spiritual or, 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 or it's called the curses of generations. Sometimes you see people doing things that Mama did, father did, and great mama, great, great grandma, and great grandfather did. They did it, and so we do it too. But we can draw a line in our mind by asking God to remove those strongholds, those mental blocks that's interfering with our spiritual walk and our daily life in the things of God and the light and the walk that we have with Him. See, He says they speak weapons of strongholds, they do things that bring captivity to our mind. And, and what the devil does is he sows seeds in the mind. And once that is sowed in the mind, it is a permanent residence there. Unless we go to God and say, Father, remove this from my mind. Remove this from my heart. The devil will attack you with everything. No matter what the devil tries to attack you with, you have to be stronger than what the enemy tells you in your mind. The devil said, you're not going to overcome this. You're not going to get out of that. You're going to always be who you are. But you say, Satan, you are a liar. The word of God says, and then repeat what it says. See, the weapons of my warfare is stronger than what you placed in my mind, what you tried to put in my heart. The weapons of my warfare is the word of God. It is the sword of the spirit. It is the righteousness of Christ within me. I repeat the word of God that says, I have power to trample serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy. That's the word of God. And because the word of God gives me the power over the enemy, 
I can speak the word and bring life to my situation and overcome the attack of the devil in my mind. The word of God tells us and shares with us, there are better things to life than to me in anger and wonder in a wilderness closed by strongholds in the mind. He tells us to move forward from those strongholds. And look at verse number five in that particular chapter we were looking at. He says, for I, verse number five, he says, for casting down imaginations and the high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So anything that's exalting itself against God's knowledge, his will, and his purpose for your life is a stronghold. And to defeat a stronghold, it has to be prayer. It has to be fasting. It has to be the word of God. And it has to be repeated or meditated upon. And when we meditate, we repeat it and 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 repeat it until the stronghold is broken. People are walking around in sickness because they won't allow God to break the stronghold through the word. So every time that you call them, they have the same situation or the same circumstance going on with them physically. Now break the stronghold and repeat what the word says about your healing. And the more you speak that word, the more you begin to feel better. And the more you come over, you overcome what the devil is trying to do. So he, if he can get you to meander and wander in the wilderness of sickness, guess what he does? He keeps you there. And every time somebody calls you from the house of God, you're complaining and you're going through that same issue over and over and over and again and again and again and again. When the devil attacks you physically, the doctor says you're well, be well. The word says you're well, be well. The word says you have what? Victory over sickness. Why? Because he bored your sickness. He went to the cross for your infirmities. And by his stripes, you were healed. So even though the enemy tried to attack you physically, speak the word. He said, speak the things that are not as what? Though they are. And those things will manifest and come to life in your life, in your situation. Don't allow strongholds or the structure of strongholds to take residence in your mind. Because when the devil get in your mind, guess what he does? He has a pity party. He can give you oppression. He can give you depression. He can give you ailments and sicknesses and disease. And every time you feel something, you think that's what it is. And that's not necessarily what it is. But that's what the devil will throw at you and make you think, oh my, oh God, I felt it again. He said, I rebuke that pain in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that sickness in the name of Jesus. You know, devil, you're like, go get your oil and anoint yourself. Y'all need to bring your oil so I can pray over it and get you some oil and we'll pray over it and use it. When the devil attack your body, put the oil on it and pray in that. Your hand, you have power in your hand to lay your hand on other people as well as yourself and pray demons and devils out of them. I don't touch people full of demons, but I'm telling you, just speak the word. Remember the little girl that was walking around? Paul and Silas were trying to preach the word of God, and she had a devil inside of her. And what did Paul? Paul got tired of listening to that. And one day, she said, these are the servants of the Most High God. That show men the way of salvation. Uh-huh. And she kept saying, these are the services of the Most High God that show men the way of salvation. Well, she wasn't doing that out of love or out of reverence. She was just doing that for devil men. Yeah. 
And sometimes people do stuff for devilment. Paul got angry and turned around and he rebuked that spirit and commanded it to come out of her. And when he did, it loosed her. And everybody got mad and throwed him in jail because they couldn't make no money from a soup sale no more. Because that's what she wanted. But when you rebuke the devil, get ready because somebody's going to launch an attack. Sometimes the devil himself will launch an attack whenever you rebuke him. He will launch an attack against you because you rebuked him. Yeah. Or you rebuke somebody that's, that's working. You got people in the church that work for the devil. They don't even know they're working for the devil. Keep disturbing going. Keep stuff stirred up. Always fighting the preacher, fighting the members, fighting everybody. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Amen. I rebuke you by the authority of God that he's given unto me. Because the word says you have power. Yeah. See, and when you sit in the seat of servanthood... God will not let anything or anyone touch you because he's got you covered. You ain't got nothing to worry about. Just do what God tells you to do and he will continue to watch over and protect you. I told you there were evil strongholds and there are good strongholds. The Bible tells us in the Psalms 9 and verse 9, good strongholds, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. You can go to the high place in God in the time of trouble and find refuge from the strongholds of the devil and the strongholds of the enemy. That's a good stronghold because it's for your good. The Bible tells us in Psalms 144 and verse 2, the Lord is my goodness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I trust who what? Subdues people under me. God says, that's the place you want to be in God. Stay in the high place with God so that the stronghold of your mind is positive, is righteous, is good and not bad or evil. So when you meditate on the good things of God, he gives you more power. Meditate on the word. If you ain't got but one verse, keep repeating that verse. Every time you pick up the Bible, the phone rings. That's the devil. And most of the time, it be somebody you don't even want to be bothered with. Because the devil knows you don't want to read the word. He say, go ahead and answer. And you go, okay, pick it up. And they tell you the same old stuff they told you the day before. <laughs> you said, I already heard this story 50 times and I'm trying to read the word and here they come. That's how the devil do. He don't, he don't want you, he just want the word in you. He, want you don't, he don't want you to be able to tell nobody. They preachers, they won't preach a word out of the Bible. They make up stuff and preach everything but God's word. But it's not feeding the people. You got to preach this book so people can be delivered. So they can be healed from sickness. So they'll say, what did the pastor talk about? We talked about 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. We talked about Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse number 10 to verse number 18 today. That's what the pastor talked about. Defeating the strongholds of the mind and overcoming the attacks of the devil through God's word. That's what he talked about. He tells us to let the word saturate your mind. Why, 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 why would high things like to hang out in high places, in the cleft of the high towers of God? Because it's the safe place. The good things of God, when they hang out in the high places or the strong high places of God, are the good things of God, and they're well for your deliverance. They're good for your victory over the enemy. When the enemy attacks, the word of God is so profound in your life, he gives you the scripture to say, and he said, tell them this. Mm -hmm. The 
Lord, they may not like me if I tell them that. Let me tell them this instead. No, tell them what God said. Tell them. You want to see the devil run? Tell him what God said. You will see him run. He'll get so busy, he'll find other things. I can't come this morning. I got this coming up, but that's going on. I won't be there today. Right. We know all about it. The Lord spoke to me this morning at 730. He told me a certain person would not be here today, and they are not here. That's how close my relationship with him is. As soon as I walk in the door, somebody from the family calls and said, we won't be there today. We'll see you next week. Did God keep his servant abreast of your dirt? Aware of what you're up to and what you're doing? We know all about it. I wasn't asking the Lord about nobody this morning. He just whispered that in my ear while I was meditating. Don't worry about that today. That's how the Lord, the Lord, if you stay close to God, God will stay close to you and he'll talk. He'll talk to you. Sometimes he'll talk to you so plainly you'll think he's dead. Larry, whoa. <laughs> You'll simply, you'll believe he audibly called your name. If he want to get your attention, you know, I'm scared of living daylight out of you to wake you up. So that you, you can understand the power and the presence of God is real. His authority is real. His anointing is real. Whatever you experience in life, it is real according to the word of God. First Samuel tells us in the 23rd chapter in the 14th verse, David stayed in the desert of the strongholds and in the hills of a desert of Zephyr because God took him out there to teach him, to inspire him, to encourage him. See, he went to the high place. When Christ went to pray, he went into the mountains of Gethsemane and he prayed all night long. He went into the secret about in the high places of that area and he prayed and stayed there all night. Some of us can't even pray 10 minutes. Sometimes when you pray, you need to be still and let the Lord minister to you. When you pray, you need to have the Bible and read the word of God. See, when you read this word, you can pray the scripture. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6 tells you that. All things, in all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God that passeth all understanding will keep your heart and mind through Christ. Yes. In Christ. Amen. It has to be in Christ. Mm-hmm. The strongholds of the mind. If you say, I rebuke you in the name of Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, y'all call him Jesus. Jesus. And when you rebuke the devil, trust that he leaves. And if he don't go, guess what? Keep rebuking him till he goes. Don't stop. Just keep saying, I'm going to rebuke you. I'm going to rebuke you. I, I'm going to plead the blood. I'm going to apply the blood. I'm going to ask God to send a fire yes, yes. to overcome you. Yes. See, you can overcome the devil. You just got to make your mind up. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of us are afraid. Well, I don't know why I might get cut the wall or something. You know, something might happen to me if I pray too hard. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to you if you pray too hard? Yes. God's going to give you more wisdom. More knowledge and more power so you can pray even stronger the next time. Don't you know the Bible says that one person praying sets 1,000 demons aflight. Now just imagine if two pray, if three pray, if the whole church is praying and we're praying against the devil attacking the membership, the devil attacking the people. I've been praying that God will send the youth back in this church and I rebuke the devil over every one of them and his attacks over their lives and this place is going to rejuvenate and come to life. 
You have to say the devil can't have our children and reach out and ask God to give them back. And if you're not, if you're not willing to do that, then yeah, the church will die on the vine. Because ain't nobody concerned about the church. We're concerned about trying to get a Cadillac, trying to get a Mercedes, trying to get whatever we want to get. But God says what? Feed my sheep. Shepherd my sheep. Pray for my sheep. Keep the people of God at heart. See, See, there has to be love in the church for the people. You can't come to church and don't love the people of God. How you going to pass the people you don't love? They devils among them, of course. Everybody, Jesus had a devil, but that didn't stop him from loving the people of God. You either rebuke the devil and go and feed the rest that want to be fed till that devil leave or go hang himself. That's what Judas did. He went and hanged himself. He said, I can't take it no more. Tried to sell Christ out for 30 pieces of silver. Got so bad, he said, oh my goodness, he threw the money down and went and hung himself. And that's what you have to do. You can't let strongholds overtake you. So what things are not good in your life? So what you're struggling with issues in your life? Keep coming. Don't stop coming. Keep coming. The word of God will give you your deliverance. You got to keep coming. You got to keep reading. You got to keep praying. Every time the devil says, go and get this or go do that, pray. Say, I'm not going to do it. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times. But guess what? He will get up. He won't lay there. We all make mistakes, but you can't lay in the mud and walk. You're not a pig, so get up. Clean yourself up. Dress yourself up and come to worship. Come to the house of God and say, God, I made it. The devil said I couldn't do it. You got to put your faith and trust in him. You got to keep believing that he is going to deliver you from strongholds. He's going to deliver you from the attacks of the enemy. He's going to deliver you from the defeat. So you don't have to be defeated. You can be cast down, but you are not destroyed. Because God's going to give you wisdom. He's going to give you power over the devil. You already have it. 2 Samuel 22 and verse 2 and 3 tells us these words. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He says, he's my shield and the horn of my salvation. The word says, God is, David was talking, God is these things to me. God is my deliverance. God is my victory giver. God is the author and the finisher of my faith. He is the man that gives me power over the strongholds. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior from violent men. You will save me, the word says. God will save you from the violence of the devil, from the attacks of the enemy. God will protect your life and watch over you because you're trying. You may not be there yet, but you're trying. Say, Lord, I fell last night, but I'm going to get up and go anyway. Lord, I made a mistake yesterday, but I'm going to get up and go anyway. Preachers say, ain't nobody perfect but me. Y'all working on it. No, no, no. We got issues too. We got to get things straight every day. We got to go to God and say, God, give me a fresh anointing. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my shortcomings. Help me to overcome. Help me to be available. Help me to, to do the things of God when the time comes. Thomas came. Thomas was walking up the road this morning. And he had been praying with a man. And he saw me coming. He said, there's my pastor. And he waved me down. He said, come on, let's go pray for this man. And we went and prayed with the brother and gave him a business card and said, call me if you need me. See, that's what ministry is all about. Looking out for somebody that needs God in their life. 
and, and, and planting the seed. You, he said, you plant the seed and I'll do the rest. You walk up and pray for him and I'll take over. You take one step. He took one. God said, I'll take two. And he called me and said, go pray with him. And all three of us prayed together. He took one. I became two. And God became the, 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 the total over all of us. You must put your faith and trust in God. You must stay before the cross and trust him to deliver you. Matthew tells us in the, in, in the uh, 12th chapter, in the 34th and 25th verse, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What is he talking about? Solomon said that, 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 it, that it is as you think in your heart, so you become. Whatever you think, you will say. Whatever you say, you will eventually do. So that of the abundance of the heart, Matthew said, the mouth will speak. And, and it could be good or bad. A good man brings forth the good things out of a good heart. An evil man brings forth evil things out of a bad heart. But it starts in the mind. The heart is the mind. And whatever you pour in your mind, that's what you're going to pour out. So if you hang around garbage, guess what's going to come out? Garbage in, garbage out. The blessings in the word of God in, blessings in the word of God out. And you will try, you'll have those who will try you to see if any garbage in there. Let's find out. People will, people will set you up to mess you up. You better, be, you better know that. And then they'll run and tell us, I got them, I got them, I got them, I made them say that. Just because they make you mad don't mean you have to say it. If you think it, that's bad enough, but to say it, you sin twice. Say, Lord, forgive me for the thoughts why I even think about saying it. That's all of us. We all have trying times. Don't think it's you, the devil, who do you think the devil fight the most in here? Every Sunday, I got to stand up here and bring the word, and the devil said, I'm going to break you down to the point where you won't be able to do it. But God said, not so, you spiritual demon. You idiot. You've already been defeated. You've already been destroyed. You know, Satan, I was thinking about this this week. I got to tell you, this is not, I'm going to wrap this up. Satan was the angel of worship. He was over worship. And when Satan could come in the church and destroy worship, he can tear the church up. So if the devil gets in the choir, watch out now. If the devil gets in the musician, watch out now. If the devil gets in any particular part of the worship service where the music is concerned, they will tear the church up. They'll let those seeds in their mind. You know they don't need to be going back back there. You know you need to put a stop to that. That's the devil. Don't let the devil come in and tear up the house of God. That's why he put you in charge. Now look, don't let the devil tear up the house of God no matter who it hurts. So you have to have order in God's house. Things are done decently. And the Bible says that Luke, do things decently and in order. Do things according to the word and the scripture of God. You can't let the devil come in and tear it up. You have to stand on the wall. He said, having done all to stand what? Stand therefore with your lions girded. James tells us in the fourth chapter, he said, submit yourselves then unto God and resist the devil and he will what? Flee from you. You resist him through prayer. You resist him through reading the word. You resist him through rebuking the thought in your mind. See, that's what he said. 
pull down the strongholds, cast out the imaginations. Father, I rebuke that spirit. I rebuke that thought. The devil always saw stuff in your mind. He know what you like. And he's going to present that to you every time. No, I got him with this right here. This is what gets them. Because the Lord deliver me from that, please. Deliver me from that particular sin, that particular idea, that particular thought that keeps me in trouble. Would you please deliver me from that? Because the devil knows that's what I like. But I'm begging and asking you, say, whenever you repent of it, say, Father, give me the strength not to do it again. Some people repent for something they love to do, you know. You just need to go get married and stop it. That's what the word says. Don't be unlikely yoked together with unbelievers. It's better to marry than to burn. He ain't talking about going to hell. He's talking about burning with that passion in your physical body. If you can't contain yourself, get married. That's what the word teaches us. That's for all of us. That go for me too. Or oh, y'all think I don't have problems in the flesh? Let me tell you, that's a lie. I'll be the first to tell you I'm not perfect and don't try me because I know what the altar is. We need to be real with God's people and tell them the truth. We stand up like we perfect and we don't have no problems and this is not going on with me. I am the perfect, I'm the perfect pastor and I don't have any issues and there's nothing going on in my life and nothing is wrong and don't you go searching for nothing either. So, no, we need to be real. God's people need to know that we are sincere, that we are real and that we are telling them the truth and the word of God. We don't need eight wives or ten wives or twelve wives or thirteen wives. We need one. one. Yes, See, if you can't handle one, boy, that's enough right there. One's enough. <laughs> Let me wipe my head and sweat. Because y'all need to know the word of God. Y'all need to know the truth. It's comical, but it's true. Y'all need to, you know, the God house needs to be alive. It needs to be lively in here. People need to know. The power and the presence of God is still here. God didn't leave because I'm talking this is what I'm talking. The presence of God and the Holy Spirit is still here. I can feel the presence and the anointing of God. We need to know the truth. And people have been hiding the truth from us all of our lives, teaching and preaching everything but this book. Telling us everything but the word of God and talking about when they ran, when they ran in the club and when they did all this foolishness. We all did that stuff. You're mad at your children because they won't do what I say. Well, you did it. Pray for them and ask God to deliver them like he delivered you. Went to the club. Went to the beach. Went everywhere. Look at that little fast thing. She's just so fast. No, she ain't fast. She's doing the same things that generations before her has done. Now you got to pray that God will deliver her. He's doing the same things that generations before him done. Now you got to pray that God will deliver him. Just like he delivered you. You weren't always holy. You weren't always reading the word. You weren't always doing what the scripture says. You weren't always so sanctified and holy. You had the same issues in your life with these children that they have. So stop looking down on them and pray for them. We got to pick them up and lift them up and encourage them. Preachers want to wait till they want to get together. We got to have a word of prayer for these people. The children murdering one another. That's been going on for generations. What we need to do is fast and ask God to cover. If every congregation will spend time in fasting and prayer and ask God to cover the congregation and their household, he will do it. Yes, he will. But the problem is we want to wait till they get out of control and now we want to go run to God. No, God said, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face, pray, and turn from their wicked ways, 
then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. We, there's an operative there. There is a request that must be fulfilled in order for God to come through for us. Well, we want to wait till it gets out of hand, out of control, and say, God, we need you now. The children have gone wild. We need you now. Now, God's been watching it the whole time. Where have you been? He, he knows what's going on. He sees it. He sits high. He looks low. He, he looks after the righteous. He says, I will not let anything happen to the righteous. If you're trying to live holy and do right, God ain't going to let nothing happen to you. I don't care how many devils try to attack you. You just say, Father, I put myself into your hands. You know, deny self. You have to do it daily. Pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow God and follow him daily. I want to tell you a little story that talks about dealing with strongholds. And I'm going to wrap this up. In the book of Joshua, there is a story that deals with the strongholds of life. The strongholds of people's mind. Joshua had a situation that he had to deal with because of a city called Jericho. Mm -hmm. Jericho was a city of Canaan. And, and, and it was about five miles from Jordan. And, and Joshua's headquarters was right in the middle of this place. Yes. And, and Joshua sent spies into the city. And these spies went into the city to find out how Joshua can overtake the city. So they go in and this woman, Rahab, takes and hides them and they have an opportunity to find out all they can about the city of Jericho and how the man of God can defeat the city. They leave and they go back to Joshua. In the meantime, God is speaking to Joshua. And he tells Joshua, he said, now Joshua, I want you to go to the children of Israel and I want you to tell them for me that, that, that what I want them to do is Take my covenant and take the, the, the bullhorn, take the horn of God and go out for six days, put the men of God with the trumpets in front. And I want them to march around the city of Jericho one time for six days. And then he said, when they march around the city one time for six days, on the seventh day, I want them to march around the city seven times. Now, I don't want them to speak a word. I don't want them to say anything. I just want them to march, go back to the camp, and be quiet. The Bible says that Joshua got up the next morning, and first of all, he went to the priest. And he said, now, I want you to get your horns. I want you to get your trumpets. And I want you to line up, because we're going to do what God says. And he tells the people what God says, and the priest lines up. But in front of the priest, he sets the army, the armed forces, so that anything that would come up against the nation of Israel while they were doing what God had asked them to do, he had a military cohort in front of them to protect them and to take all of the enemies out of their way. So the, so the, so the army first, then all of the priests line up behind him with these horns and these trumpets, and they're going to do what God says. And, and, and behind that is the Ark of the Covenant. Mm -hmm. See, the Ark of the Covenant is for the blessings and the power and the presence and the authority of God himself. Yeah, right. So the Bible says that the first day they go around and they march around the city of Jericho. Yeah. And they go back to the camp. All right. And the second day they do it again. Uh -huh. And they go back to the camp. Mm -hmm. 
And the third day, they do it again, and they go back to the camp. On the fourth day, they did it again, and they went back to the camp. Most of the time, people are wondering what's going on. Nothing is happening. And, you know, they don't have patience. They're not able to realize what God is doing. But God is sovereign. He's getting all of the power. He's getting all of the glory and the praise for what's about to happen to Jericho. Let me tell you why. Because Jericho was a city that was 10 foot high. It had a 6 inch wall on the outside and a 12 inch wall on the inside. And they connected it by putting houses on top of the wall all the way around the city. So it had to take more than just marching to tear this down. So, so, so on the fourth day, they march around the city, go back to the camp. The fifth day, they march around the city and go back to the camp. Now notice the prophet said, don't say a word. Sometimes people tend to talk and do things that they're told not to do. But he said, don't open your mouth, keep your mouth shut and meditate. Sometimes you just have to meditate and trust that God's going to do what he says. He'd already told the prophet, I have given the city into your hands. So he goes on. They march the fifth day. Go back to the camp. They march the sixth day. Go back to the camp. Now God said they got to do this for for, for 13 times. And on the last round, the 14th, he was going to work a miracle on their behalf. So, so the Bible says when they got up the morning of the seventh day, they got together and they began to march. And they went around the city for seven times. And on the seventh time, Joshua had instructed the people, when you hear the trumpet, I want you to raise your voices and yell and shout as loud as you can. And when they did it, the city fell apart. The inner wall fell in. The outer wall fell out and created a bridge. And Joshua and the people of God was able to go in and take the city. Sometimes you got to pray and seek God to get the strongholds out of your mind. Get the strongholds out of the way so that you can go forward and do what God is asked you to do. So you can be delivered from the problems and the circumstances and the situations in your life. The strongholds will come down. Trust God and keep your faith in Him and He will bring the strongholds down. He will deliver you if you trust Him. Wait on you. No matter what you're going through, he will deliver you. Follow the instructions and do what he tells you to do. Listen to that small still voice in your mind and let him give you victory over whatever you're going through. Whatever you're experiencing, God is the answer. Christ died to give you the victory. He didn't die because he just went to heaven and said, okay, I'll wait till y'all come. No, 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 no. He said, you must walk in victory now. He told the disciples, you have victory now. I'm going to bless you while you're here. I ain't going to wait till you get to heaven. I'm going to give you your blessing while you're here on earth. And so it is with us. He says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to deliver you. And I'm going to give you a great victory. All you have to do is trust him and rely upon him and keep your faith in him. There is victory over spiritual strongholds and wickedness in the mind. And Christ is the answer. Trust him. Rely upon him and let him give you victory so that you can rejoice and say, yes, yes, it can be done. For I am a living witness that God is able to do it. May God bless you today. May heaven smile upon you. From the theme, judge not and follow the golden rule. Judge not and follow the golden rule. From the book of Matthew chapter 7, we want to look at verses 
7 to 14. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 14, but I do want to read the first verse. Judge not that ye be not judged. And then verse 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom, if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets, enter in at the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that go there at it. But because narrow is the gate, and troublesome is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. May the Lord add a blessing to his word. We read in your hearing, Matthew 7, verse 1, verse 7 to 14. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us pray. Father, we bless you this morning. We thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We thank you for your kindness, and we thank you for your glory, and thank you for your majesty, and we thank you for your power and your presence. We just ask now to come in among us through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Have thy way, O most holy. Be with us and stand by us today. Bring back to those th- our mind those things that we've already studied. Lord God, feed us until we want no more. We bless you this morning. We praise you. Now hide us behind the cross and use us for your glory. We give you praise and honor. We magnify and edify you. As our servant's prayer, we ask in Christ's mighty name. And all of God's people say, Amen. God bless you this morning. Looking at this particular chapter, we find the word of God tells us that, that, that there is one judge in life. And, and that judge, that judge is Christ himself, our Lord and Savior. He is the only wise judge of his people. The Bible tells us and shares with us in the book of Matthew, a judge is one who declares the law to form an opinion, to inflict a penalty upon, to punish, or to try someone and pronounce a sentence on them. That's what it means to pass judgment. And God didn't make any of us judges, for we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So he didn't make, he said, if you judge, judge righteously, judge those things that are righteous before God and the things of God. So we should have righteous judgment and, and not, not, not just any judgment. The Bible tells us and shares with us, there is a question. You, you, if you got a question, it says, do you have factual evidence or proposition and what supports your proposition? You are accusing falsely and don't know the facts. So what is the proposition? What is your position? What is a proposition? A proposition is a statement, an accusation that expresses judgment or opinion against another. And God didn't leave any of us in charge to do such a thing. 
He said, you are brothers and sisters in Christ and live together in unity, work together in unity, do those things that bring glory and praise to Christ in unity in the body of Christ and in the church. The writer said, ask and it shall be given. What does it mean to ask? It means to beg, to pray, to urge, to request, to call, to inquire, and it shall be given unto you. He said, whatever you're dealing with, whatever's on your heart, ask God about it and ask him to move on your behalf and to give you the liberty and the victory in whatever it is you, your, 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 your petition, your request, your prayer. Then he, then he goes on to the next verse. He said, the rest of that verse, he says, seek and ye shall find. What does it mean to seek? David tells us in the Psalms 27 and 4, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life, and to inquire in his temple. He said, I will seek God, the presence of God, the power of God, the actions of God, the behavior of God. He said, I'm going to seek God all the day. I'm going to his house, first of all. And when I get there, it's not about me. It's not about anyone else. It's about seeking him and giving him the glory and the honor and the praise at all times for whatever you're going through. Whatever you experience is. He said, give it to me, I will carry it. Give it to me, I will bear it. That's what the word of God tells us. He said, ask. It shall be given. Seek, ye shall find. The writer tells us in the in the book of Luke that it means to 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 search, to consult, to ask or seek for, to call for, to look for that which has been lost. Christ tells us in the book of Luke 19 and verse 10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Christ came to save them. Zacchaeus wanted to know who he was. He said, the son of man has come to seek to save that which is lost. He goes on, Jeremiah picks it up this way in 29 in verse 13. He says, and I and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with what? All of your heart. He said, if you want to find me, search for me with your heart. Search for me with your mind. Search for me with your soul. If you want to find me, you will find me when you seek me in that manner. When you call upon me in that manner, I am going to make myself available unto you. Seek, he said. And when you seek, knock. When you knock, he said, just keep knocking. The Bible tells us in Revelation 3 and 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens unto me or open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. So he tells you, this is what you've got to do in order to have liberty, in order to have victory. You have got to go knocking on the door and keep knocking till you can get in. Christ said, I'm, at, I'm standing at your heart. I'm standing at the door of your soul. And I'm trying to get in. And you aggravating and hindering and stopping and blocking me from coming through and giving you liberty and giving you victory. He says, what? Ask. Seek. And knock. And keep knocking. He says, and the door 
shall be open. Acts tells us in the 12th chapter, Peter had been arrested and put in jail. And, And he was locked up. And the church came together, the congregation came together in one house. And everybody was in the house praying and trying to believe God that Peter would be delivered from prison. That Peter would get out and be free again. And they were in there busy praying and seeking God and praying and praying and praying. And there was a knock at the door. And, 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 and this maid got up and went to the door. And when she opened the door, she saw Peter standing there. And she said, this can't be. She slammed the door and went back in the house. And Peter just stood there knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking until they opened the door and let him in. See, sometimes you got to keep knocking for your deliverance. You got to keep knocking for your victory. You got to keep knocking to overcome the adversaries of the devil. You got to keep knocking to get to the place where God's trying to get you to in life. You have got to keep knocking, knocking until you get the answer, knocking until the door opened for you. That's what he's telling us. Keep knocking. Don't give up. Don't stop knocking. Keep knocking and trusting God. What if, what if Peter had to stop knocking? What if the Savior had to stop asking God to bless us and to give us liberty and yes. believe in God for us to have salvation? What if that had happened? Where would we be today? But thank God, if we look at our own situations, parents praying and fellow members praying and the saints praying, and if they hadn't been praying for us, because some of us are going on somebody else's prayer. We ain't going on our own prayer. Mama praying and daddy praying, sister praying and brother praying, the pastor praying, and others in the sanctuary praying for your victory and your deliverance, for your healing. God, I said, Father, heal them. Father, cover them in the blood. Father, I apply the blood to the whole sanctuary. I apply the blood to the whole congregation. I apply the blood to watch over the whole ministry. Keep us all safe from hurt, harm, or danger. Stop the devil in his tracks when he come up against your people. Deliver us and give us victory every time we call upon you. We want to walk in victory. And he said, I'll give you victory. But you've got to trust me. See, see, this is about prayer. This particular area of the scripture is about prayer. He said, go and pray until you get relief. Remember, Jacob wrestled with the angel all night long. And Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. He woke up the next morning and his hip was out of joint because he wrestled with the angel all night long trying to get his blessing. And sometimes in prayer, you got to stay right there. You got to keep asking. You got to keep seeking. You got to keep knocking until you get the answer and get your victory. And when God gives you the victory, all the devils in hell can't stop it. They can't defeat you. They can't come up against you. Because when God's on your side and his power is in your heart, what devil can stand up against God? Israel got into situations and every time the devil came up against Israel, God spoke to the man servant and said, go and take them out. Go and destroy them. Let them know that I am God and beside me there is no other. I will watch over them. I will protect them. I will keep them safe from all harm and danger. Put his faith and trust in God. Verse says, for everyone that asketh receiveth. Verse 8. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh the door shall be opened. For what man of you is, uh, is there of you that whom if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? If he asks for bread, will he give him a stone? If he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent? 
if he then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the good things of heaven to those that trust in him, that ask him. God says, I am here to answer your petitions. I am here to deliver you out of your iniquities. I'm here to deliver you out of all of your circumstances and situations and attacks of the enemy. Don't stop praying because you don't see the light. Don't stop praying praying because you don't realize, you don't think it's going to manifest or happen for you. Don't stop praying because God is going to be on your side. He's going to protect you. He's going to watch over you. He's going to make sure that you get exactly what you're praying for. And then, but the other thing is you got to start speaking what you want. So you got to speak life to your situation. I remember I was in a dark, groovy place. And the more I thought about that issue, the worse it got. See, God don't start working till you leave it alone. When you stop thinking about it, stop worrying about it, and just say, Lord, it's in your hands. I thank you that I know I've got the victory over whatever I'm going through. I know I've got the victory over whatever I'm experiencing. I know that there's a God that sits high and looks low, and he knows, he sees, and he can't. And he will give me victory over every attack of the enemy. Over everything the devil tried to do, God will give you the victory. He said, keep praying till the answer comes. Keep seeking till you find results. Keep knocking till the door opens. Don't worry about the enemy. Then he goes down. Look at verse number 12. He says, therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophet. He said, the golden rule is to do unto others as you have them to do unto you. Sometimes people don't like you just because you you. Or have nothing to do with you personally. They just don't like you. God put people up that didn't like Christ. Christ came along and started doing good and they got mad. Who gave you the authority to do what you Who gave you authority to say this? Who gave you authority to raise the dead? Who gave you authority? They started questioning the Savior, the creator of the earth in the entire world, who had wrapped himself in the form of a human being. Come down to the earth and show us the way to salvation and perform miracles before our very eyes and before the eyes of those disciples. Who and the, and, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the doctors and the scholars of the law, said, who are you? Where did you come from? Called him Beelzebub. Called him a devil. And you're standing up trying to do the things of the Father and somebody come and call you a devil. They're fighting words right there. But Christ was as humble as a lamb. He continued to do his Father's business in the earth. That we may have salvation even right now. That's why Christ went to the cross. That's why he died and shed his blood. That's why we have liberty. No matter what attacks the devil brings against you, you've got to rejoice. When I got up here, I had a very heavy grieving spirit when I came up in this full period. Full period. And after I prayed, it lifted. Because I, was, I saw an oppressed spirit in front of me. Earlier this week, last week rather, I talked to my stepmother on Thursday. At 10 minutes to 12, I looked at the watch when I called her, my phone. I called her, and we had about a 20-minute conversation. And at the end of that conversation, I said, I love you, and I'll talk to you. I didn't say tomorrow. I said next time. And for some reason, I had never said 
next time before. But I said, I will talk to you next time. And she said, I love you and have a good day. And we hung up the phone. At 6.15 Friday morning, my sister called me and told me that her mother passed away during the night. That's how serious life is. That's how people want to play and pretend and make excuses and faults and blame everybody else. God says, I'm giving you a chance. Your days are numbered and you don't even realize your days are numbered. I'm giving you a chance. You know, the woman was a good woman. She was a spiritual woman. And anytime I had issues, I could call her and talk to her. Every single day, we talked for a few minutes. And I got up Friday and I realized all day Friday, I could not make that phone call. I got up Saturday and I realized all day Saturday, I could not make that phone call. And I headed to church this morning and on the way to church, I make that phone call. But she's gone now. And I can't make that phone call. So I have to continue to keep my faith and trust in the holy of holy, in the righteous one, in the holy one, in the awesome one, in the unique one, in the proud one, the one that sins that exalts himself above, the one outside of eternity, the holy of holies, the creator of the universe, the master teacher, the glorious one, the holy one, the blessed redeemer, the mighty God, the wonderful counselor, Christ Yeshua himself. He said, do unto others. As you have them do unto you. Live according to the law and the word of God. And let the word of God richly manifest and purify your life. See, God pours his love out every single morning. And that's what I pray. Father, fill me with your love. Fill me with love. Help me to love your people. Help me to love your congregation. Help me to be that. But don't let them take advantage of me. Don't let them mistreat me. But help me to love them. If you want to be loved and treated with respect, guess what? You got to do that. See, people think, people walk up to you and they'll say, you didn't speak to me and you didn't say this to me. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The response of people are commanded by your character. Yes. Not anything they did. See, if you have the right character and carry yourself in the right way, you command respect from other people. They automatically will say, good morning. They automatically will grace you as a child of God. And they'll say, it's something different about you. And I can't figure it out. But I just want to say, I love to get some of whatever that is you got. They tell me at work and say, I don't know what you're drinking before you come in, but I sure want some of that. And I say, just coffee. (laughs) I pour a little bit of Holy Spirit in me. I do a little bit of praying. And that's God's covering and blessings over me before I go into the office. And I can walk around all day and be happy and enjoy the day. Don't let people ruin your day. You, my day is not ruined. I did not tell you. I feel his presence. Did not tell you. I feel his presence. I feel his power. I feel it coming on. I feel it. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now that's what God wants. God wants you to be lifted up and exalted. Don't worry about the bad experiences. That's going to happen in life. You're going to experience things. People are going to try it. Don't let that aggravate you. Get over there and keep smiling. Enjoy your 4th of July. Go about your business. Go about your father's business and say hallelujah. And give him praise and glory. Don't let the enemy fool you. Don't let the enemy trap you. That's what the devil want to do. He tells us in John 10 and 7. Don't. These words. Verily, verily, I say unto you. All that ever came before me were thieves and robbers 
But I am, but the sheep did not hear them. Why? Because God says, follow me and I'll lead you. This was said because there were two roads. One road was wide and broad. And he said, many people will go down that road. They'll go through the gate and go down that wide and broad road and it just, they just pour in and pour in and pour in and the road leads to destruction. But then he said, there's another road I want to take you back. He said, this road is very narrow. It's very straight. And he said, you, you even have to look, you have to seek, you have to find it, you have to knock to get the gate open. And when the gate gets open, he said it's a narrow road, but, but it leads down to the place where you want to go. And that's life and life eternal. He said, stay on the straight and narrow and follow the road to life eternal. Don't let the enemy trap you. Follow the road to life. Do the things that bring life and victory in your heart. Do the things that bring liberty. There are people that's walking the roads. But which road are they walking? What road are you walking this morning? Are you headed to glory? Are you just playing and rehearsing and playing and rehearsing and playing and rehearsing? But there is no life. There is no power. See, when you stand up, the people ought to feel the presence of God. When you open your mouth, you say, I love you. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Feel the power. Feel the presence and the glory of God in your voice. When you open your mouth and speak, the Holy Spirit says, Woo! You should have so much power when people, when you speak to people, they just Oh, I can see. That's, that, that's what happened at work. People, people, I say good morning and scared the living daylights out of them sometimes. Why? Because the presence is still on you. <laughs> the power is still on you when you're going to work. If you done spent your time in the word and prayed and fellowship before you went to work, the presence is still there. It didn't go nowhere. And because it's still there, it scares people. They don't, you say good morning and they jump. Why? They don't know why they jump. They just jump. <laughs> Because they know the power. They don't understand it, but they know there's power there. There's something there that they're not used to, and because it is, it scares them. And I just get tickled when that. I, I mean, it happened about two or three times a week at work, and it just kind of tickles me. I just kind of laugh at them and walk on. I don't tell them nothing. But that's how you want to be. You want to stay before God so he can give you liberty and give you victory and help you overcome all of the obstacles of life. He says, the good shepherd, finally, one day, Christ is going to sit on his throne of glory. And he's going to separate the people, all the nations, into two groups. He's going to put the sheep on his right hand. He's going to put the goats on his left hand. And he's going to tell the sheep, come in and enjoy the glories of the Lord that has been prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Because when I was sick, you came to visit me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you put clothes on me. When I was without, you made sure I had what I needed. And then he's going to look around and say, those on his left, depart from me, you that work iniquity. And go to hell. 
the place that has been prepared for Satan and all of his demons. Because when I was hungry, you didn't feel it. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me nothing to drink. When I was hungry, I'm still starving. See, right now I can go in my office and if I want something to eat, it's in there. They'd be worried. My pastors, they'd be worried. Is that pastor? You hadn't touched the stuff in here. I said, I'm going to get to it, sweetheart. <laughs> you know, I just eat a little at a time. But they keep me supplied in the things that I need. And people call me doing what you need anything. No, I'm fine. I am very fine. But it's, it's a blessing to know that there are people that love you and care enough about you to do the things that they do. Last week, the couple in the back, back they, they bought up. Yeah. I believe the trunk was full of groceries and put back there in that pantry. And thank God for that. People feel the presence and the love of God. And they want to be a part of that. And that food back there is for anybody. You ain't got to be poor. You ain't got to be broke. You ain't got to uh, be starving. If you're hungry, get it and eat it. That's what it's there for. Take it home. It ain't got to be no special case. It ain't got to be no special case. You say, I need a can of beans for supper. Get it and take it home and cook them for supper. Tell me, oh, the pastor gonna be mad because that's for the poor. No, it's not for the poor. It's for anybody that needs it. That's what that pantry is for. If you need it, if I want to get, if I see myself some syrup back there, I started taking home yesterday because I put syrup in my coffee every morning and I was out. But that stuff is back there. If you need it, get it. We don't want it to go to the bag. You know, if you know somebody that's hungry and they need groceries, don't ask them do they need it. You know they need it. Get a bag, put it in it, and take it to them. If they're in at home, leave it at the door. Look, I came home from work one day, and I'm done. I came home from work. It was about 6.30, 7 o'clock, and I walked up to the top of the steps, and there was about four or five bags of groceries set at my door. And I said, Lord, I don't need this food. But somebody went to Harris Teeter and bought five bags of groceries and set them at my door. And I said, now, I'm not going to stop them for getting their blessing. So I took it in the house, and I put it up, and I used it. Because whenever somebody blesses you and you try to restrain them, you're stopping their blessing. If somebody want to be a blessing to you, let them bless you. Because when they bless you, they are receiving double and sometimes sevenfold what they have given you, depending on the heart that they have. So when people bless you, let it be a blessing. You want to come to me and bless me? Trust me, I ain't going to stop you. Because I understand the value of giving and receiving. And when you give, God will bless you. No, you'll have so much you won't have room enough for it. Thank you, Lord. you really won't because God will continue to pour his blessings into your life. He'll continue to bless and strengthen you. The word of God tells us, and I'm finally finishing this up. He tells us these words. He shall set the sheep on his right, the goats on his left, and he will tell the sheep, come on in and enjoy the blessings and the glory of the kingdom of God that was created for you and prepared for you from the foundation of the world. You goats, let me tell you something. I got a place for you too. It's called eternal damnation. Where you're going to spend eternity. Because you can't say one thing and do another. You got to let your actions be the result of your life. Only, see, oh, I said this one time before. If you're full of garbage, guess what? When you open your mouth, what's going to come out? Yeah. Garbage. If you're full of love and you open your mouth, what's going to come out? Love. What did Jesus tell Peter? Peter tried to be smart. Jesus rebuked them in front of everybody. And sometimes that's how you have to do as a pastor. You've got to rebuke people to let them know that God, this is God's house and I'm not going to talk about it. That's not the first time I rebuked somebody in here. Yes, sir. The first time I did it, I was at a funeral. In this church, 
And the, the uh, family asked me to come and conduct the service. The pastor gave me the permission to come and do it. And there was a man sitting right there playing rhythm and blues on his cell phone. And I said, sir, this is God's house. I'm not going to tolerate that in here. You have to cut your phone off. And he mumbled some words. Next thing I knew, he was playing it again. And I went down there and I rebuked him. And I said, are there any deacons in the house? And five people stood up. I said, come up here and pick him up by the feet under the shoulder of the arms and set him down outside that door. In this church. Yeah. Right here in this church that happened. Doing a funeral. That's why you got, David say what? You got to be bold as a lion. Do you think David could have took Goliath out if he hadn't have been bold as a lion? He would have never took Goliath because Goliath was a nine foot giant and David was a little puny four or five foot boy. But God gave him the power to do what he needed him to do. So when God put you in place, he know what he's doing. He ain't crazy. He know what you got to deal with. That's why he put you where he put you because he know what you got to deal with. If God didn't prepare me to be standing here, you think I'd be standing up here? I'd been gone. I'd say, oh no, Lord, I can't take it. Oh no, I, don't know. I can't handle that. It's too much for me. I got to go to the house. I'm going to put my books up and go into bed and cover up my head and stay there the rest of the year. God bless you today and heaven's all upon you. Let us pray. Father, we bless you this morning for this message of love. Lord, we thank you that you are the eternal judge. You are the righteous king and you are most of all our savior. We thank you for the fact that you died on the cross. You allowed us to have a right unto the tree of life. We thank you for our eternal salvation. We thank you for your loving grace that you allow to minister and to manifest in our lives. We praise you for this message that have come forth, Father. Let it accomplish that for which thou hast sinned and touch every heart, every mind, every soul in the house. Heal your people and deliver and set them free. When they ask, Father, we believe you will answer. When they seek, Father, we believe that they will find what they're looking for in you. And most of all, when they knock and keep knocking and keep knocking and keep knocking, you will answer and open the door and give them the desires of their heart and meet their needs and deliver them and heal them of their sicknesses. We thank you this morning, our Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy, your love, and your grace. Father God, now we ask your forgiveness for anything we've done or said. Because ungodly and unholy before you, our Father. We seek your mercy, we seek your grace, and your love. And most of all, we thank you for being our Savior. Bless you today, our Father. We love and adore you. We worship and praise you. For you are worthy of all the praise and all the glory. We ask now that you apply the blood upon this, your congregation. Meet every need in their lives. We bless you this morning. We thank you and we give you the praise. We ask these blessings and these prayers. And I will say this mighty name. And all of God's people say, amen. God bless you this morning. And heaven smile upon you. Let us prepare for our communion today. From the theme, judge not and follow the golden rule. Judge not and follow the golden rule. From the book of Matthew chapter seven, we wanna look at verses seven to 14. Matthew chapter seven, verses seven to 14, but I do wanna read the first verse. Judge not that ye be not judged, and then verse seven says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, 
and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom, if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If he then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter in at the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that go there at But because narrow is the gate, and troublesome is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. May the Lord add a blessing to his word. We read in your hearing, Matthew 7, verse 1. Verse 7 to 14. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us pray. Father, we bless you this morning. We thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We thank you for your kindness, and we thank you for your glory, and thank you for your majesty, and we thank you for your power and your presence. We just ask now to come in among us through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Have thy way, O most holy. Be with us and stand by us today. Bring back to those th- our mind those things that we've already studied. Lord God, feed us until we want no more. We bless you this morning. We praise you. Now hide us behind the cross and use us for your glory. We give you praise and honor. We magnify and edify. As our servants prayer, we ask in Christ's mighty name. And all of God's people say, Amen. God bless you this morning. Looking at this particular chapter, we find the word of God tells us that, that, that there is one judge in life. And, and that judge, that judge is Christ himself, our Lord and Savior. He is the only wise judge of his people. The Bible tells us and shares with us in the book of Matthew, a judge is one who declares the law to form an opinion, to inflict a penalty upon, to punish or to try someone and pronounce a sentence on them. That's what it means to pass judgment. And God didn't make any of us judges, for we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So he didn't make, he said, if you judge, judge righteously. Judge those things that are righteous before God and the things of God. So we should have righteous judgment and, and not, not, not just any judgment. The Bible tells us and shares with us, there is a question. You, you, if you got a question, it said, do you have factual evidence or proposition and what supports your proposition? You are accusing falsely and don't know the facts. So what is the proposition? What is your position? What is a proposition? A proposition is a statement, an accusation that expresses judgment or opinion against another. And God didn't leave any of us in charge to do such a thing. He said, your brothers and sisters in Christ and live together in unity, work together in unity, do those things that bring glory and praise to Christ in unity in the body of Christ and in the church. The writer said, ask and it shall be given. What does it mean to ask? It means to beg, to pray, to urge, to request, to call, to inquire. 
and it shall be given unto you. He said, whatever you're dealing with, whatever's on your heart, ask God about it and ask him to move on your behalf and to give you the liberty and the victory in whatever it is you, your, 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 your petition, your request, your prayer. Then he, then he goes on to the next verse. He said, the rest of that verse, he says, seek and ye shall find. What does it mean to seek? David tells us in the Psalms 27 and 4, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life, and to inquire in his temple. He said, I will seek God, the presence of God, the power of God, the actions of God, the behavior of God. He said, I'm going to seek God all the day. I'm going to his house, first of all. And when I get there, it's not about me. It's not about anyone else. It's about seeking him and giving him the glory and the honor and the praise at all times for whatever you're going through. Whatever you experience is. He said, give it to me, I will carry. Give it to me, I will bear it. That's what the word of God tells us. He said, ask. It shall be given. Seek, ye shall find. The writer tells us in the in the book of Luke that it means to 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 search, to consult, to ask or seek for, to call for, to look for that which has been lost. Christ tells us in the book of Luke 19 and verse 10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Christ came to save them. Zacchaeus wanted to know who he was. He said, the Son of Man has come to seek to save that which is lost. He goes on, Jeremiah picks it up this way in 29, in verse 13, he says, And I and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with what? All of your heart. He said, if you want to find me, search for me with your heart. Search for me with your mind. Search for me with your soul. If you want to find me, you will find me when you seek me in that manner. When you call upon me in that manner, I am going to make myself available unto you. Seek, he said. And when you seek, knock. When you knock, he said, just keep knocking. The Bible tells us in Revelation 3 and 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens unto me or open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. So he tells you, this is what you've got to do in order to have liberty, in order to have victory. You have got to go knocking on the door and keep knocking till you can get in. Christ said, I'm, at the, I'm standing at your heart. I'm standing at the door of your soul. And I'm trying to get in. And you aggravating and hindering and stopping and blocking me from coming through and giving you liberty and giving you victory. He says, what? Ask. Seek. And knock. And keep knocking. He says, and the door shall be open. Acts tells us in the 12th chapter. Peter had been arrested and put in jail. And, and he was locked up. And the church came together, the congregation came together in one house. And everybody was in the house praying and trying to believe God that Peter would be delivered from prison. That Peter would get out and be free again. 
And they were in there busy praying and seeking God and praying and praying and praying. And there was a knock at the door. And, 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 and this maid got up and went to the door. And when she opened the door, she saw Peter standing there. And she said, this can't be. She slammed the door and went back in the house. And Peter just stood there knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking until they opened the door and let him in. See, sometimes you got to keep knocking for your deliverance. You got to keep knocking for your victory. You got to keep knocking to overcome the adversaries of the devil. You got to keep knocking to get to the place where God's trying to get you to in life. You have got to keep knocking, knocking until you get the answer. Knock until the door open for you. That's what he's telling us. Keep knocking. Don't give up. Don't stop knocking. Keep knocking and trusting God. What if, what if Peter had to stop knocking? What is to say there to stop asking God to bless us and to give us liberty and yes. believe in God for us to have salvation? What if that had happened? Where would we be today? But thank God, if we look at our own situations, parents praying and fellow members praying and the saints praying, and if they hadn't been praying for us, because some of us are going on somebody else's prayer. We ain't going on our own prayer. Mama praying and daddy praying, sister praying and brother praying, the pastor praying, and others in the sanctuary praying for your victory and your deliverance, for your healing. God, I said, Father, heal them. Father, cover them in the blood. Father, I apply the blood to the whole sanctuary. I apply the blood to the whole congregation. I apply the blood to watch over the whole ministry. Keep us all safe from hurt, harm, or danger. Stop the devil in his tracks when he come up against your people. Deliver us and give us victory every time we call upon you. We want to walk in victory. And he said, I'll give you victory. But you've got to trust me. See, see, this is about prayer. This particular area of the scripture is about prayer. He said, go and pray until you get relief. Remember, Jacob wrestled with the angel all night long. And Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. He woke up the next morning and his hip was out of joint because he wrestled with the angel all night long trying to get his blessing. And sometimes in prayer, you got to stay right there. You got to keep asking. You got to keep seeking. You got to keep knocking until you get the answer and get your victory. And when God gives you the victory, all the devils in hell can't stop it. They can't defeat you. They can't come up against you. Because when God's on your side and his power is in your heart, what devil can stand up against God? Israel got into situations and every time the devil came up against Israel, God spoke to the man servant and said, go and take them out. Go and destroy them. Let them know that I am God and beside me there is no other. I will watch over them. I will protect them. I will keep them safe from all harm and danger. Put his faith and trust in God. Verse says, for everyone that asketh receiveth. Verse 8. And he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh, the door shall be opened. For what man of you is, uh, is there of you, that whom, if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? If he asks for bread, will he give him a stone? If he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent? If he then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the good things of heaven to those that trust in him, that ask him. God says, I am here to answer your petitions. 
I am here to deliver you out of your iniquities. I am here to deliver you out of all of your circumstances and situations and attacks of the enemy. Don't stop praying because you don't see the light. Don't stop praying praying because you don't realize, you don't think it's going to manifest or happen for you. Don't stop praying because God is going to be on your side. He's going to protect you. He's going to watch over you. He's going to make sure that you get exactly what you're praying for. And then, but the other thing is you got to start speaking what you want. So you got to speak life to your situation. I remember I was in a dark, groomy place. And the more I thought about that issue, the worse it got. See, God don't start working till you leave it alone. When you stop thinking about it, stop worrying about it, and just say, Lord, it's in your hands. I thank you that I know I've got the victory over whatever I'm going through. I know I've got the victory over whatever I'm experiencing. I know that there's a God that sits high and looks low and he knows, he sees, and he can't. And he will give me victory over every attack of the enemy, over everything the devil tries to do. God will give you the victory. He said, keep praying till the answer comes. Keep seeking till you find results. Keep knocking till the door opens. Don't worry about the enemy. Then he goes down, look at verse number 12. He says, therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. But this is the law and the prophet. He said, the golden rule is to do unto others as you have them to do unto you. Sometimes people don't like you just because you you. Or have nothing to do with you personally. They just don't like you. God put people up that didn't like Christ. Christ came along and started doing good and they got mad. Who gave you the authority to do what you Who gave you authority to say this? Who gave you authority to raise the dead? Who gave you authority? They started questioning the Savior, the creator of the earth and the entire world who had wrapped himself in the form of a human being. Come down to the earth and show us the way to salvation and perform miracles before our very eyes and before the eyes of those disciples. Who and the, and, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the doctors and the scholars of the law, said, who are you? Where did you come from? Called him Beelzebub. Called him a devil. And you stand up trying to do the things of the Father and somebody come and call you a devil. They're fighting words right there. But Christ was as humble as a lamb. He continued to do his Father's business in the earth. That we may have salvation even right now. That's why Christ went to the cross. That's why he died and shed his blood. That's why we have liberty. No matter what attack the devil brings against you, you've got to rejoice. When I got up here, I had a very heavy, grieving spirit when I came up in this full period. Full period. And after I prayed, it lifted. Because I, was, I saw an oppressed spirit in front of me. Earlier this week, last week rather, I talked to my stepmother on Thursday. At 10 minutes to 12, I looked at the watch when I called her, my phone. I called her, and we had about a 20-minute conversation. And at the end of that conversation, I said, I love you, and I'll talk to you. I didn't say tomorrow. I said, next time. And for some reason, I had never said next time before. But I said, I will talk to you next time. And she said, I love you, and have a good day. And we hung up the phone. At 6.15 Friday morning, my sister called me and told me that her mother 
passed away during the night. That's how serious life is. That's how people want to play and pretend and make excuses and faults and blame everybody else. God says, I'm giving you a chance. Your days are numbered and you don't even realize your days are numbered. I'm giving you a chance. And you know, the woman was a good woman. She was a spiritual woman. And anytime I had issues, I could call her and talk to her. Every single day, we talked for a few minutes. And I got up Friday and I realized all day Friday, I could not make that phone call. I got up Saturday and I realized all day Saturday, I could not make that phone call. And I headed to church this morning and on the way to church, I make that phone call. But she's gone now. And I can't make that phone call. So I have to continue to keep my faith and trust in the holy of holies, in the righteous one, in the holy one, in the awesome one, in the unique one, in the proud one, the one that sinned, that exalts himself above, the one outside of eternity, the holy of holies, the creator of the universe, the master teacher, the glorious one, the holy one, the blessed redeemer, the mighty God, the wonderful counselor. Christ Yeshua himself. He said, do unto others. As you have them do unto you. Live according to the law and the word of God. And let the word of God richly manifest and purify your life. See, God pours his love out every single morning. And that's what I pray. Father, fill me with your love. Fill me with love. Help me to love your people. Help me to love your congregation. Help me to be there. But don't let them take advantage of me. Don't let them mistreat me. But help me to love them. If you want to be loved and treated with respect, guess what? You got to do that. See, people think, people walk up to you and they'll say, you didn't speak to me and you didn't say this to me. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The response of people are commanded by your character. Yes. Not anything they did. See, if you have the right character and carry yourself in the right way, you command respect from other people. They automatically will say, good morning. They automatically will grace you as a child of God. And they'll say, it's something different about you. And I can't figure it out. But I just want to say, I love to get someone, whatever that is you got. They tell me at work and say, I don't know what you're drinking before you come in, but I sure want some of that. And I say, just coffee. (laughs) I pour a little bit of Holy Spirit in me. I do a little bit of praying. And that's God's covering and blessings over me before I go into the office. And I can walk around all day and be happy and enjoy the day. Don't let people ruin your day. My day is not ruined. I did not tell you. I feel his presence. Did not tell you. I feel his presence. I feel his power. I feel it coming on. I feel it. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now that's what God wants. God wants you to be lifted up and exalted. Don't worry about the bad experiences. That's going to happen in life. You're going to experience things. People are going to try it. Don't let that aggravate you. Get over it and keep smiling. Enjoy your 4th of July. Go about your business. Go about your father's business and say hallelujah. And give him praise and glory. Don't let the enemy fool you. Don't let the enemy trap you. That's what the devil want to do. He tells us in John 10 and 7, don't, these words, verily, verily, I say unto you, all that ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but I am, but the sheep did not hear them. Why? Because God says, follow me and I'll lead you. Uh This was said because there were two roads. One road 
was wide and broad. Abroad. And he said, many people will go down that road. They'll go through the gate and go down that wide and broad road. And it just, they just pour in and pour in and pour in. And the road leads to destruction. But then he said, there's another road I want to take you back. He said, this road is very narrow. It's very straight. And he said, you, you even have to look. You have to seek. You have to find. It. You have to knock to get the gate open. And when the gate gets open, he said, it's a narrow road. But, but it leads down to the place where you want to go. And that's life and life eternal. He said, stay on the straight and narrow and follow the road to life eternal. Don't let the enemy trap you. Follow the road to life. Do the things that bring life and victory in your heart. Do the things that bring liberty. There are people that's walking the roads. But which road are they walking? What road are you walking this morning? Are you headed to glory? Are you just playing and rehearsing and playing and rehearsing and playing and rehearsing? But there is no life. There is no power. See, when you stand up, the people ought to feel the presence of God. When you open your mouth, you say, I love you. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Feel the power. Feel the presence and the glory of God in your voice. When you open your mouth and speak, the Holy Spirit says, Woo! You should have so much power when people when you speak to people, they should know. Oh, I can see. That's, that, that's what happened at work. People, people, I say good morning, they're scared of living daylights out of them sometimes. Why? Because the presence is still on you. <laughs> the power is still on you when you're going to work. If you done spent your time in the word and prayed and fellowship before you went to work, the presence is still there. It didn't go nowhere. And because it's still there, it scares people. They don't, you say, good morning, and they jump. Why? They don't know why they jump, they just jump. <laughs> Because they know the power. They don't understand it, but they know there's power there. There's something there that they're not used to, and because it is, it scares them. And I just get tickled when it happens. I mean, it happened about two or three times a week at work, and it just kind of tickles me. I just kind of laugh at them and walk on. I don't tell them nothing. But that's how you want to be. You want to stay before God so he can give you liberty and give you victory and help you overcome all of the obstacles of life. He says, the good shepherd, finally, one day, Christ is going to sit on his throne of glory. And he's going to separate the people, all the nations, into two groups. He's going to put the sheep on his right hand. He's going to put the goats on his left hand. And he's going to tell the sheep, come in and enjoy the glories of the Lord that has been prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Because when I was sick, you came to visit me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you put clothes on me. When I was without, you made sure I had what I needed. And then he's going to look around and say, those on his left, depart from me, you that work iniquity. And go to hell, the place that has been prepared for Satan, and all of his demons. Because when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me nothing to drink. When I was hungry, I'm still starving. See, right now I can go in my office 
And if I want something to eat, it's in there. They'd be worried. My pastor's aide be worried. She said, Pastor, you hadn't touched the stuff in here. I said, I'm going to get to it, sweetheart. <laughs> you know, I just eat a little at a time. But they keep me supplied in the things that I need. And people call me doing what you need anything. No, I'm fine. I am very fine. But it's, it's a blessing to know that there are people that love you and care enough about you to do the things that they do. Last week, the couple in the back, back there, they bought up. Uh, I believe the trunk was full of groceries and put back there in that pantry. And thank God for that. People feel the presence and the love of God, and they want to be a part of that. And that food back there is for anybody. You ain't got to be poor. You ain't got to be broke. You ain't got to uh, be starving. If you're hungry, get it and eat it. That's what it's there for. Take it home. It ain't got to be no special case. It ain't got to be no special case. You say, I need a can of beans for supper. Get it and take it home and cook them for supper. Don't be, oh, the pastor's going to be mad because that's for the poor. No, it's not for the poor. It's for anybody that needs it. That's what that pantry is for. If you need it, if I want to get, if I see some syrup back there, I started taking it home yesterday. Because I put syrup in my coffee every morning and I was out. But that stuff is back there. If you need it, get it. We don't want it to go to the bag. You know, if you know somebody that's hungry and they need groceries, don't ask them do they need it. You know they need it. Get a bag, put it in it, and take it to them. If they ain't at home, leave it at the door. Look, I came home from work one day and I'm done. I came home from work. It was about 6.30, 7 o'clock, and I walked up to the top of the steps, and there was about four or five bags of groceries sitting at my door. And I said, Lord, I don't need this food. But somebody went to Harris Teeter and bought five bags of groceries and set them at my door. And I said, now, I'm not going to stop them from getting their blessing. So I took it in the house, and I put it up, and I used it. Because whenever somebody blesses you and you try to restrain them, you're stopping their blessing. If somebody want to be a blessing to you, let them bless you. Because when they bless you, they are receiving double. And sometimes sevenfold what they have given you, depending on the heart that they have. So when people bless you, let it be a blessing. You want to come to me and bless me? Trust me, I ain't going to stop you. Because I understand the value of giving and receiving. And when you give, God will bless you. Though you'll have so much, you won't have room enough for it. You really won't. Because God will continue to pour his blessings into your life. He'll continue to bless and strengthen you. The word of God tells us, and I'm finally finishing this up. He tells us these words. He shall set the sheep on his right, the goats on his left, and he will tell the sheep, come on in and enjoy the blessings and the glory of the kingdom of God that was created for you and prepared for you from the foundation of the world. You goats, let me tell you something. I got a place for you too. It's called eternal damnation. Where you're going to spend eternity because you can't say one thing and do another. You got to let your actions be the result of your life. Only, see, oh, I said this one time before. If you're full of garbage, guess what? When you open your mouth, what's going to come out? Yeah. Garbage. If you're full of love and you open your mouth, what's going to come out? Love. Yes, see? What did Jesus tell Peter? Peter tried to be smart. Jesus rebuked him in front of everybody. And sometimes that's how you have to do as a pastor. You've got to rebuke people to let them know that God, this is God's house and I'm not going to tolerate it. That's not the first time I rebuked somebody in here. The first time I did it, I was at a funeral in this church. And the uh, family asked me to come and conduct the service. The pastor gave me the permission to come and do it. And there was a man sitting right there playing rhythm and blues on his cell phone. And I said, sir, this is God's house. 
I'm not going to tolerate that in here. You have to cut your phone off. And he mumbled some words. Next thing I know, he was playing it again. And I went down there and I rebuked him. And I said, are there any deacons in the house? And five people stood up. I said, come up here and pick him up by the feet under the shoulder of the arms and set him down outside that door. In this church. Right here in this church that happened. During a funeral. That's why you got, David say what? You got to be bold as a lion. Do you think David could have took Goliath out if he hadn't have been bold as a lion? He would have never took Goliath because Goliath was a nine foot giant and David was a little puny four or five foot boy. But God gave him the power to do what he needed him to do. So when God put you in place, he know what he's doing. He ain't crazy. He know what you got to deal with. That's why he put you where he put you because he know what you got to deal with. If God didn't prepare me to be standing in, you think I'd be standing up here? I'd been gone. I said, oh, no, Lord, I can't take it. Oh, no, I can't handle that. It's too much for me. I got to go to the house. I'm going to put my books up and go into bed and cover up my head and stay there the rest of the year. God bless you today and heaven's on for you. Let us pray. Father, we bless you this morning for this message of love. Lord, we thank you that you are the eternal judge. You are the righteous king and you are most of all our savior. We thank you for the fact that you died on the cross. You allowed us to have a right unto the tree of life. We thank you for our eternal salvation. We thank you for your loving grace that you allow to minister and to manifest in our lives. We praise you for this message that have come forth, Father. Let it accomplish that for which thou hast sinned and touched every heart, every mind, every soul in the house. Heal your people and deliver and set them free. When they ask, Father, we believe you will answer. When they seek, Father, we believe that they will find what they're looking for in you. And most of all, when they knock and keep knocking and keep knocking and keep knocking, you will answer and open the door and give them the desires of their heart and meet their needs and deliver them and heal them of their sicknesses. We thank you this morning, our Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy, your love, and your grace. Father God, now we ask your forgiveness for anything we've done or said. Because ungodly and unholy before you, our Father. We seek your mercy, we seek your grace, and your love. And most of all, we thank you for being our Savior. Bless you today, our Father. We love and adore you. We worship and praise you. For you are worthy of all the praise and all the glory. We ask now that you apply the blood upon this, your congregation. Meet every need in their lives. We bless you this morning. We thank you and we give you the praise. We ask these blessings and these prayers. And I will say them mighty name. And all of God's people say, Amen. God bless you this morning. And heaven smile upon you. Let us prepare for our communion today.